Hey everyone, and welcome to SCU Buzz. I'm River, and today we're going to be talking about something that is a real staple of the Southern Cross study experience, and that is the Southern Cross model, the university's revolutionary academic model which offers a new immersive way to learn. Joining me are the co-designers of the Southern Cross model, Pro Vice-Chancellor Professor Thomas Roche and Pro Vice-Chancellor Professor Eric Wilson. Welcome to the podcast. How are you? Great, thanks. Hey, River. Good to be with you and your listeners today. Great. Great to have you both here. So to start off the podcast, would you both be able to tell me a little bit about yourselves? Sure. So my role is Pro Vice-Chancellor Academic Innovation at Southern Cross. I've taught at Southern Cross for many years. My discipline area is tourism. So I get to have the great title of Professor of Tourism, but believe it or not, I don't travel very much these days. But yeah, my main job at SCU is sort of managing and having oversight for all of the academic elements, uh, our courses, our units, our majors, our specializations at the university and also teaching and learning. And Thomas? Yeah, I'm Pro Vice-Chancellor Academic Quality. And in that job, I lead the university's strategic initiatives relating to the enhancement of educational quality. And I work very closely with Erica on all things curriculum across our locations. My background is I'm a linguist. I'm an applied linguist with an interest in language learning. Mm. So what has it been like so far? I mean, both of your roles sound quite extensive and quite massive roles to be managing the academics and curriculum side of SEU. So what has it been like so far in both of your positions? That's why there's two of us. <laughs> Makes <laughs> sense. It is, it is a very big role. Um, but yeah, it's look, it's been great. It's been really exciting. Uh, we've worked together on the Southern Cross model for oh, close to three years mm -hmm. now. And yeah, we get to work with students, we get to work with staff, and it's just been a really exciting journey as we've sort of move from the previous uh, educational model and semesters into the Southern Cross model, which no doubt we're going to talk to you about. Yeah, it's been really exciting. I mean, that's one of the great things about the role is that often universities are a little bit conservative, a little bit slow to innovate. They're not known for their agility. But in this role, we've had lots of opportunities to innovate and, you know, roll out projects that we think are going to make a really big difference for students. And that's just been very exciting. It's almost like a once in a lifetime opportunity in many ways. And we've got a really great community of academics around us and that makes all the difference as well. Mm. So speaking about this model, what is the Southern Cross model and what are the pillars that it is founded on? Yeah, sure. Southern Cross model is all about delivering a better way to learn for our students. So it reflects a lot on what we know about learning and how we can help our students achieve more. So some of the thinking that drives the model is that students are busy. You know, these days students have many things on their plate. They're juggling life outside the university, often work commitments, family commitments, their own hobbies and interests, which are really important to have. And then they're trying to study at the same time. So what we did is we thought about how we could help them gain more focus in their study. And in order to do that, we went back to the curriculum and looked at how it was structured and how university curriculums are typically structured 
and that's with four subjects or units at a time over two semesters or a couple of trimesters. And we thought, well, there are different ways to do this. And we went back to the drawing board and said, if we just gave them two units at a time over six weeks, that would give them greater focus. So focus is really important. So they're not juggling as many tasks. And then secondly, we looked at the the type of learning that we deliver. And there was really an absolute wide variety of approaches to, to delivering content at the university, which is often the case at, um, at universities. But what we thought would be great was if we could have a more unified approach and a more active approach, a more engaged approach. So instead of students sitting in lecture theatres and listening, we wanted them talking, interacting, solving problems, working on cases. And that's what we did. So we, we set up principles of design that were around engaged learning. And that's where we've landed with the Southern Cross model, a more focused, active learning experience for our students. Yeah, and I think um, that's exactly right. Engagement was at the heart of it and student success. So we were just seeing, and, and as lecturers ourselves, by about week six in the semester term, you know, 13-week semester, students weren't coming to class um, as much and they've got busy lives. So we sort of saw this, we call it the week six cliff, but after about week six, the engagement really dropped off. And so that's a risk for us and a risk for our students. So, um, and we looked at other models around the place. Uh, Some block models use four weeks, some do 10 weeks. And we thought, well, we already offer a number of our postgraduate degrees in six weeks. Why don't we try that as a calendar? And as Thomas said, not uh, one unit at a time as some block models do, but two units at a time. And then it's it's shorter. It's not rushed or crammed or intensive. We don't use those words at all for the Southern Cross model. It's focused. It's immersive. And um, yeah, it's six weeks. So mm. it's it's manageable, but it just lifts the, the energy and the motivation. And, and that's something we're really seeing from our students as well. To speak to what you just said then as well about the the six-week mark, you both being lecturers and noticing around that six-week mark that there was that kind of drop-off of student attendance. Um, I know myself as a neurodiverse person, it's really hard to focus for an extended period of time. So when you were considering this kind of switch to a six-week model versus a 12-week model, were you also thinking about the rise of neurodiversity in students and their better capacity to be able to focus for shorter periods of time. Yeah, absolutely. And in fact, we thought about who our students are in a in a broad sense, not only neurodiversity, but also the diversity of the students who are part of our community here at Southern Cross. We wanted to deliver a better experience for those students so that they could succeed. So that's why those ideas around making the learning focused and making it more engaging was really important. Uh, we'll probably get into it in a in a moment, but I'm very happy to just sort of share that we've seen great improvements for those cohorts of students in the rollout of the Southern Cross model. Success rates are going up, retention is going up, and it's really delivering a better experience for those students. I think that's a really good question you've asked, River. And one thing that we we saw a lot of was that we were just overloading our students even in the longer semester model. So too much assessment, too much content, 
too many words, lots of heavily weighted exams. And we just went, and our students were telling us they, they weren't engaging, they weren't succeeding. So it wasn't just about, okay, let's have shorter calendars and make it sort of snappy and engaging. That was part of it. But it was also, we were just really, as Thomas was saying, we, we were sort of deeply concerned about our student outcomes and the, and the diversity of our students. So we said, well, why don't we just look at the whole academic picture? So yes, we can have a shorter, more immersive teaching period, uh, more engaged teaching, more engaged learning, but we had to completely redo our assessment schema, like how we assess our students. And I think that's really helped and and I think will really help in, in terms of our neurodiverse students because, well, one thing is we've we've removed most of our heavily weighted, highly stressful examinations because we don't believe in the Southern Cross model that that's the best way to assess students. We want more authentic, lived assessment that actually means something in, in everyday life and in the real world. So we've got areas we need to improve in that. I think we're still over-assessing, but generally I think that's something students have really responded well to. Mm. So the traditional teaching model of the two 12-week semesters is pretty tried and tested. What were the initial conversations like surrounding pivoting away from the traditional model and trying something new? Yeah, so it, it comes back to that point that we knew our students weren't succeeding in the way we would wish they would achieve. So we wanted to to do something that would improve their outcomes. Now, as I said, um, you've, you've got a lot of people at the institution who were very invested in their discipline, very committed, and they, they were doing the best they could, but the way it was set up just wasn't supporting students. So, you know, there had been many conversations over many years trying different approaches, and we just came to a point in about 2019 where we decided we had to try something radical. And we were looking around at different things that were happening internationally and nationally around curriculum delivery and the the block model um, as it's used in places like Colorado College and Victoria University was something that caught our eye that was making clearly making a positive difference to students and their learning. There's even a book called The Block Model there's a whole bunch of research from Colorado, from Quest University in Canada, from Victoria University in Australia. So we really looked looked to them. And, and they were also asking the same question as you did. You know, this semester model seems a bit tried and tested. But that model is hundreds of years old. So it, it was a pretty big move and, and pretty scary in a lot of ways, but both for staff and, and um, no doubt for students. So we had lots of consultation. We had so many focus groups with students and staff. Yeah, I think for a couple of years, we were just in discussion mode, working groups, focus groups, trying to gather as much evidence and feedback and thoughts on it. But we just, we knew we had to do something different. And the semester model just wasn't working for us anymore. And we wouldn't accept the attrition rates and the fail rates that that we were seeing. So yeah. yeah. And River, as you said, some of some of the approaches of universities they're really tried and tested and there's a great tradition in them. So, you know, one, for example, is lectures. And I think it's a great example, particularly vis-a-vis neurodiverse students. There's a, an image you can find on the internet. It's from the University of Bologna in about 1300. And that painting shows you 
someone standing at a lectern with a book in front of them, and then four rows of students sitting down looking up at them listening. Now, in the first two rows, some of those students are sort of their mouth agape and they're in awe of the lecturer and they're sort of mid-taking notes. But as you go further back, you find some of the students are talking to each other. Up the back, you've got a couple sleeping. And I think you would see that experience in lecture theatres today, 700-odd years later. But there's a tradition behind it, right? And there's a, a reason for it. It's also very powerful. It can be when done right. But the question for us was, a lot of the things that we've been doing, and we've been doing them at universities for hundreds of years or tens of years in Australia, are they the best ones for our students today? So why are we making students get up, drive across town, find a park, sit in a lecture theatre at 9am with a couple of other hundred other students and listen for an hour or an hour and a half. Is that the best way to deliver content today when we have all the affordances of technology, when you have podcasts that people can listen to when they're in the zone, that they can pause, they can go back, listen to again, that they could um, even watch with captions on YouTube, for example. So the question for us was, you know, weighing up the tradition and power of practices we know work well and looking and seeing, but can we innovate? Can we do something in a, a radically different way that will deliver better outcomes for our students? And that's where we landed on the Southern Cross model through the work of many people in conversation together. Mm -hmm. So you've kind of mentioned this already in what you've said, um, and also to speak to the word innovation, which has come up quite a bit in this talk so far, which reminds me of... Uh, module that I did here at SCU, which was called Create, Innovate, Change, which is all about looking at tried and tested models and seeing how they can be improved to be more relevant in today's world and changing world. So within that module that we did, we spoke a lot about how you ideate in that first step of creating and innovating and implementing change. And we spoke a lot about ideation and consultation. So I wanted to know what research was undertaken, which you've kind of already touched on um, in the creation of the new model. How long did it take and what was your ideation process like in coming up with this model and implementing it? It was a long process, right? And it was a dialogue. It was a dialogue, as Erica said, with many stakeholders. So while initially, you know, there's an executive group at the university and the people in the executive have responsibilities for certain elements of the function, be that academic or professional or otherwise, there was broad agreement at that level that something had to be done. But no one said, the answer is this, go out and do this. It was more a question, it's what can we do? So Erica mentioned earlier, focus groups were formed. So we went out, we spoke with students, we spoke with staff. We looked at things that were happening, that research that you've just referenced, got a sense of different models that were out there and we looked at them. And what you'll notice is we didn't just adopt them, we created our own thing, the Southern Cross model. If we were just going to adopt something and plug it in and play, you'd have something like the more standard block model, which is four weeks, one unit at a time. But for various reasons, we thought, no, we can do something better. So we can give students, in this instance, a part-time option as well. And that's why we went with two units at a time, because we know many of our students work, have other commitments and might choose to only study part-time, which is very difficult in a standard block model. So those things evolved over time and, in fact, over years as part of a dialogue with stakeholders and also just through rolling it out, you learn by your mistakes. So it's something that's also evolved over time. 
Yeah, that's right. We we never um, at the university came from up on high and said, right, we're all changing to a six-week teaching block with two units at a time. Like they, By the time we got to that point, we'd had a lot of discussions. We'd presented to, you know, the student committees, to academic board, um, a lot of demonstrating the evidence of what we weren't happy with and some of those stats we told you about before. So we looked at what others were doing and then we, we kind of went, yeah, six weeks feels about right, but let's sort of test this out. So we formed a community of, of practice. Uh, so it was it was very much co-designed with, with our staff. Um, so it wasn't just, you know, the executive of the university or the VC saying, this is what we're going to do. We showed them, we said, look, we've got some problems we need to fix. We've all agreed we're not happy with some of these outcomes, that we want our classrooms to be more engaging. We want our campuses to be more engaging. Here's a couple of different models, a couple of different calendars, some approaches. What do people think? So we had people from all of the different faculties come together, and it really was a co-designed community of practice. And um, then we got to the point where we had to start making some pretty big operational decisions and calendar changes and so that's kind of how we went about it. But that's great you did that that unit. That's a good first-year unit. Did you do it in the Southern Cross model or in the old, older sem- semester? I had done it in the older semester model uh, a couple of years ago. Okay. Um, but I would have been interested to have seen what it would have been like within the six-week model, um, which kind of feeds into my next question for you both is I wanted to talk about or ask you if you've noticed a difference between the different fields of practice. So I myself am a creative student and I've I've found the six-week model to be incredibly beneficial in terms of creative productivity and engagement with the arts. Mm. Has there been a difference or have you noticed a difference when looking at students who may be studying a science or a medical degree in terms of their engagement and their marks and their capability to enter into the workforce within this model? Generally, the, the outcomes and the, the success rates that we were talking about before and the satisfaction with, with teaching is pretty much across across the board. Some of our earlier discussions were addressing those things. Is this really going to work in engineering? How can we do it in law? You can't possibly do music in, in six weeks. But at the same time, globally, lots of short courses, people learning in, in blocks, they're more active rather than long stretches. So, and we saw at VU, they were doing it, Victoria University in Melbourne that I referred to before, they were doing it in all of the disciplines and in health. But we did we did stagger it out a bit. So we started with a pilot year, which was 2020, with business units, but also with engineering. So interestingly, engineering, you know, they moved right away from heavily weighted exams. They're moving towards more problem-based assessment They'd already been using some shorter type modular units and were really up for it. Their accrediting body said, great, we like it. And now we're seeing that in laws this year and education, education accrediting bodies, health accrediting bodies, they've, IT, they've been like, yeah, you're still meeting the same learning outcomes and the same volume of learning. It's just you're doing it in a, a different, more innovative way. So um, we thought if they're satisfied with it, it's and the students seem to be. Uh, I think we do have some areas, as I said before, where we probably need to look at, I think we've still got too much assessment and too much content going on, probably in areas like like laws, 
which is why they and health were sort of the last disciplines to come into the Southern Cross model. But by the end of this year, everyone at the university, every discipline, every course, undergrad, postgrad, in all locations will be in the Southern Cross model. So you've both kind of touched on this, but in what ways is the Southern Cross model more relevant for today's students who are a lot of the time studying on top of working on top of family commitments? Hmm. Yeah, look, in a number of ways. I mean, I spoke about lectures earlier, so if you consider they don't exist anymore, that really important content, that is still there, but how we're delivering it is through our interactive and responsive learning sites. So, you know, if you came to the university a few years ago and other universities at the moment, what you'll have is, you know, an hour or two of lectures a week and then you'll have PDFs that you have to pick up and read and reflect on. We don't do that and we know that students today expect something different, a little bit more interactive, a little bit more flexible. So instead of having to come in for that 9am Tuesday morning lecture, people can engage with that content at the pace that suits them and in a way that they get feedback through our learning sites. And I think that reflects what, what students today experience. I mean, students coming to us, they've all grown up using Instagram and the internet all through school. So why would we force them to go back to a printed out PDF? So I think that's just one way that we're meeting students' expectations a little bit more and being a little bit more flexible and a little bit more contemporary. Yeah, I think that's spot on. I was just thinking um, I've got some friends, fairly typical of the Southern Cross Model cohort, you know, older women studying online, some face-to-face, you know, that have just started degrees They've got kids as well, started degrees in the Southern Cross model. And it's just, you know, we see them at, uh, at the barbecue or the party and um, I get that kind of feedback. And yeah, they, they're just, it's working really well for them in, in terms of outside commitments, children, weekend activities. And yeah, they're just, I think, really enjoying that sort of more immersive focused kind of approach. Mm. I can think of another way. When I went to university back in the mists of time last century, most of the the subjects I studied when I did linguistics and psychology, you'd have an essay and then an exam, right? And the essay would be some topic where you'd be doing all the readings and synthesizing it and regurgitating that information. And then the exam would be testing how good you could memorize a whole range of facts and you'd just regurgitate that as well. Now, that's a gross oversimplification, but there's an element of truth to it, right? And the approach that we've taken with assessment now is to say, look, exams aren't the best way to assess people's knowledge because we don't want to know whether they can memorize a whole bunch of facts. We want to know if they can actually apply what they've learned to solve an issue, to solve a problem. So we're taking a different approach with assessment, which, you know, the buzzword is authentic, but what it really means is just that people are learning things that they're going to apply in their professional life or in their life outside the university. So it's it's all about having a form of learning and teaching that reflects what's happening out there in the world rather than just your sort of fallback default essay and exam. I was just thinking about my first year stats unit at uni and the professor got up in the first lecture uh, it was a 100% exam at the end of a very long semester, it was like 15, 16 weeks. And in the first lecture, he said, 80% of you are going to fail this unit. 
And I can tell you that 80% of the students failed the unit because that's, you know, it was all on a bell curve uh, and that's what they started out with. So, you know, we, we really, that is not at all what we want at Southern Cross and success is very much at the heart of it. We actually want our students to, to succeed yeah. um, and, and do well and why not and, and make it interesting along the way. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Would you say that the six by six bottle less encourages hierarchical structures within students and there being top students and low students and more focuses on bringing everyone up to a point where their individual learning needs are being catered for to a way where they can succeed dependent upon upon their individual career path or capabilities. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, you know, one thing is probably a bit uh, radical and we never went there, but some universities, some programs are not grading at all. It's just throwing away that whole idea that you sort of have that hierarchy of achievement. But but I think, you know, we still felt and, and um, the university community felt that was still important. And we certainly are seeing fewer fails and uh, absent fails and withdraw- withdrawals, maybe slightly a, a few more in, in the high, higher grades, but it's kind of the same same sort of grade distribution, but many fewer fails. Mm. So I think that's a sign. We just were looking at the grade data yesterday. So Yeah, I think you're exactly right, um, River. I think the the more engaged form of learning, the more focused form of learning we're delivering is helping a wider variety of students succeed. So, you know, looking at, if we, if I think back to 2019, right, pre-COVID, about 70% of our students passed their subjects, right? We have 70% pass rate. With the Southern Cross model, that's up by about 18%. It's sitting at 88%. So 20% more almost passes for our students now we've got if you think about that in the the context we've got a very similar profile student profile to that time we're talking about essentially the same courses the same units when you compare them most of the same academics just delivering it in a different way so it's all about this transformation we've had and how we deliver learning is just delivering fantastic results for the students and in fact you know erica mentioned fails I saw that absent fails have gone down by 40%. And the number of students who, you know, we have all these terms for these things, right? There's something called early withdrawal. Early withdrawal is when students, they sign up for a a unit, they start it, and then before census date, they think, nah, this isn't for me. I'm I'm tapping out. I can't do this. We've seen the number of students doing that drop by 25%. So that means more students are feeling more confident about their learning through the way we deliver. And and that's just fantastic. And I think it is because it, it accommodates more students' needs. It's more flexible with those things like, you know, you don't have to come for the lecture. It's more engaging and it's more relevant to them. And I think that's why we're succeeding with it. Mm. And I, I can just hear there's listeners out there saying, well, that's just because you've made it easier or, um, you know, it's easier to get a, a pass or a D or an HD, but that, that's not what, what we've seen. Um, and in fact, our, our grades distributions, we were just looking at, at some of the data of the top universities in, um, and around Sydney and in New South Wales, and, um, they're seeing similar grades distributions 
because not just the pandemic, but as people moved online, as we changed away from those heavily weighted exams and an approach like my professor saying, you're going to all fail the unit. Um, surprise, students actually do do better. So yeah, it, it's not that our grades have just suddenly, our Ds and HDs have shot through the roof. It's it's not that at all. It's just that overall students are, are succeeding and uh, all of our standards are the same. Our learning outcomes are assessed, as I said, by our accrediting bodies, by academic board. So none of that has, has changed. But sometimes we hear that, that kind of response. Um, mm. So I just wanted to clarify that. And, mm. and, and if your, your listeners are interested, you know, you don't have to take it from Erica and I. You can actually go online. We've been publishing about the Southern Cross model, and these are in peer-reviewed international journals. So in the studies uh, in higher education journal, there's something there from Erica and I and our wonderful colleague Liz Good and uh, John McKenzie about student satisfaction in the Southern Cross model. And we also have a, a peer-reviewed early form research. It's called an SSRN. You can go out and find that and you'll find about nine articles that are sort of pre-press release of research on the Southern Cross model that explore all those issues about student satisfaction, student success, whether students are feeling stressed or not, how it is um, the model is experienced by international students. There's lots out there for people to read. So um, have a look and see what you think. Mm. Well, it sounds like the six by six model as well has just made university feel so much more accessible to students and less of a daunting thing for them to embark on, which has leveled the playing field of university, not necessarily being a high SES kind of part of society, but more of a place where everyone can access higher education, which I think is incredibly important. Yeah. Um, and to speak to moving away from these heavy fact-based exams where we're less you know, assessing students on their actual knowledge and practical uh, assessment of that knowledge, but more on their ability to retain facts. That move away from from that kind of way of assessing students, is that also informed by this kind of increase of AI and artificial intelligence and our accessibility towards facts at the click of a button? Are we more moving towards a practical base of assessment because it's so easy to now access this very attainable information in our pockets. Mm. Yeah, look, there's a lot in that. Uh, so I'm going to just take a couple of steps back first. I mean, firstly, you, you raise the issue of broadening who can access education and who can succeed in higher education. And that's, that is super important, right? So we know the, the government in Australia a few years ago set a goal saying that we want 50% of Australians to have a higher education experience and succeed in their studies. Um, the OECD average at the moment is 47%, right? And what's happened over time is Australia has achieved that goal in the main, but it's not even across the nation and its people. So if you go to Metro Australia, the capital cities, you'll find that over 50% of Australians between the age and it's something like 25 to 35, they do have a higher education qualification under their belt. If you go to regional Australia, where Southern Cross University is and where we live, you'll find it's, it's closer to around 30%. So there's a gap there, right? People in regional Australia are not having that experience and not succeeding in their studies. So that's an issue that needs to be addressed. And then you talk about um, different ways we can help students succeed, and that's what we've tried to do through the Southern Cross model. 
Now, your other question was about the rise of technology and in particular uh, generative AI and how that all plays into it. And that's really important for universities to think about at the moment. I think we're still evolving our position, still thinking about it and still learning about academic integrity and what it means for our students and how they can use these technologies. At Southern Cross, we came to a position earlier in the year that what we absolutely don't want to do is to say, generative AI is evil, let's not let anyone use it, let's go back to exams, invigilated exams, which is what some universities have done, because we think that would be reactive and setting back the clock in a fairly unreasonable way. There are actually lots of positive things about generative AI. And what we have to do as educators and as people assessing learning is think about how we can teach our students how to use it productively, but also in a way that has integrity. And that's where we are at the moment is, you know, we're developing guidelines for staff and for students about how do you reference using AI in your work? Because we believe in some instances, sh students should. It's just about also maintaining that piece of being being able to verify that students have learned something as well. So it's quite a complex question and something we're working on. But certainly we, we need to embrace it and just set a framework around how to use it appropriately. So before we go to student questions, I have a couple of student questions here from SEU students. What advice do you have for students commencing study under the Southern Cross model? I think make the most of it. The model's been carefully designed based around student engagement and, and learning. The staff teaching it, they're, they are the experts in their discipline, but everything from the assessment, the curriculum, the Blackboard learning sites, what's happening in the classroom, whether online or face-to-face, -face, has been carefully designed around our students and knowing who our students are. And, and um, so I think this isn't about rushing or, or cramming or trying to take a 12-week assessment scheme and shove it into six weeks. So we might have some some improvements there, uh, as I referred to before, but I think just enjoy it. And instead of four uh, assessment items and four units that you're trying to busily manage, you only have to do two. And in most cases, two assessment items per unit, sometimes three. So, you know, we've tried to make it manageable, enjoyable, engaging. And I think, um, yeah, the timing, it, it goes quickly in many ways, but going quickly is very different from being very intense and rushed and unmanageable. Uh, so I think, yeah, just just enjoy it. We, we've pretty much rewritten, um, we have about a thousand units of study at, at the university, a little bit less. We've re rewritten all of them and rethought the assessment and rethought the, the curriculum. So what, what our students commencing in the Southern Cross model sh should be seeing is, uh, is just a, a fantastic and much more engaging learning experience. So that would be my advice. Thomas? Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's great. Um, I, I would say to students, congratulations, you've made a fantastic choice. You're about to have a brilliant experience. And the two things I would add to Erica's um, suggestions are, don't be afraid to ask questions. Like university can be overwhelming, you know, lecturers, academics, 
people you don't know, ask questions. Just never be afraid to do that. And secondly is keep an eye on your learning site from the get-go. Uh, often people wait a week or two to get started. And it, with a six-week term, you need to be engaged from the get-go, reading, going through, answering the quizzes, doing the activities, working with other students so that you make the most of the time you have. Mm. Okay. So the first question I have from a SEU student is... Hi, I'm Blake Skuse, and I'm studying education. My question is, I study online and find it more flexible in planning out work or family events, but how do students who study on campus plan for stuff like this with the short six-week turnaround? It's a really good one and quite timely, isn't it? Um, we've done a, a number of, um, as I said, student focus group surveys, and even more recently, you know, asked some questions of, of our students, and, and that's something that just comes up time and time again is the timetabling and we'll admit and we've been looking at our data we make far too many changes not just ahead of the term but even at the start of the term so yeah we've got to do a lot better than that not just in the individual terms but even you know if we could sort of timetable across the first half year or even across the whole year just stop a lot of those changes so that people can plan around their busy lives um, and their work and their family, which are all really, really important things, their community. So yeah, we're at the university working really, really hard and really closely on, on that at the moment. Okay, so next question. Hi, I'm Cameron and I'm studying digital media. My question about the Southern Cross model is, do any other universities in Australia use a similar teaching model? No one uses the Southern Cross model apart from us, but there are, as we've said, um, other types of block models. So if, if you have a bit of a search, you'll find block model or immersive scheduling are two terms that are used internationally. We've talked about Victoria University. Um, I believe Murdoch University and WA is also using it at a, at a postgraduate level. We do know from conversations with colleagues that other universities are currently considering it. Some universities are trialing it in a, in a kind of niche way. So USQ, University of Southern Queensland, are using it with their domestic enabling. It's a bridging program, sort of a preparatory program. And if you look further afield, Erica mentioned Colorado College, Quest University in Canada. It's also being used in Sweden at the University of Malmo and um, it's also being used in China. There's a Tsinghua Institute of Higher Learning, I think it's called, that focuses on sort of MBA type studies. So it's something that's increasingly being used by universities who are prepared to innovate. There's actually an association um, called Ibilta, I think, but basically it's an association for all of the universities and academics um, in the world that teach in block or immersive forms. And yeah, it's the International Block Learning and Teaching Association or something like that. So, which of course we're, we're members of and, and yeah, lots of symposia and conferences and panels all around the place. Um, and, and people are, are starting to be really interested in, in what we're doing in the Southern Cross model. Um, we often get asked to speak to the Australian or the media, you know, Gold Coast panels yeah. last week, international education and That's hundreds right. of people attending. Like they're really, uh, other universities, they're, they're really interested. So yeah, we're, we're obviously doing something different, not just for being different, but because we know we're seeing um, and we can say this now with, with confidence as we're seeing those uh, 
really pleasing outcomes for our students, which is where this all started, was about our students. So, yeah. Hi, I'm Finan, and I'm studying education. I was wondering if the Southern Cross model crams 12 weeks worth of study into a six-week term. No. <laughs> yeah, there, there, what was the term um, another university used that was going into a block model? It was like a, a lift and squish. Yeah. I, I mean, look, think of it this way. Previously, students studied four units across about 12, 13 weeks, right? So they're studying four. So they're doing four essays, four exams, you know, four reports, whatever it was, at roughly around the same time. Now we've got the same content. We've just cut it in half and said, just do two now and two later. So over that same sort of 12, 13 week period, they're actually doing exactly the same content. There is no difference in the volume of learning. What is different is how many assessments they have to do at the one time. They're doing only two. They've got greater focus. And that's why we believe, and based on feedback we're getting from students as well, that they find that focus better and they're getting better outcomes. And I think if if they are having a sense, and we see this, our students are telling us sometimes in certain areas, in certain units, if they are feeling crammed, then we haven't got it quite right yet. So, um, and that's where we, we look really closely at our student voice and at the student feedback and the unit feedback. And we go, okay, look, we've seen over a number of iterations of, of this particular unit, whatever it might be in the Southern Cross model, students are saying they're feeling rushed and, and crammed, then that's not the intention and that's not how we built it. So something's got to, got to change there. Yeah. Okay. And so our last question. Hi, I'm Martina and I'm studying the Diploma of Health. My question is, how do placement work under the new model? They can work in different, in different ways. Sometimes they're uh, sort of shorter and, and sharper. Like I know health does some placements over the over the summer and sort of a two, three week kind of residential model that they need to do for certain reasons and for uh, accrediting. But generally, we're trying to get our placements to, to fit into the standard term. But we've created this thing called a dual term and then something called a, a tri term. We don't use that for most units, but it just helps the placements align with our normal assessment and grading periods. So again, we've got to make sure that the placements meet the needs of industry or hospitals or the accrediting bodies. Um, schools. Schools, exactly. So we found a way to, to make it work. But yeah, there was that was one of the uh, more thorny issues that we had to, to grapple with. But I think we're, we're just about there. I think there's some tweaks around the edges that we need to do. But no, it all fits in. It's carefully designed. And uh, just like it was before, it's just in a slightly different calendar format. Fantastic. Well, Erica and Thomas, thank you so much for being here with us today. This was a fantastic conversation and thank you for letting us know a little bit more about the six by six model. I hope that this helps students to be able to understand and empower them more with their studies. Great. Thanks so much, River. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks so much. We would like to acknowledge the Widjibal Waiabal people of Bundjalung country as the traditional owners of this land. We would like to acknowledge and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. <laughs>